Dubsner on Table, a podcast on request for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. No, I'm Sammy. And on this episode, we are reviewing all of the news. All, all of the newses. And there's a lot of news. And and the thing is, there's even news that we didn't cover because it's still a couple weeks old. So we tried to get the most, the freshest news. We're not even talking about the stuff wrapping the fish news, right? <laughs> we got carried away with Jack Black month. It's been a while since we did the news. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. So, you know, looking into our newsroom at the Stacks and Stacks of Paper, I'm going to go grab the first few items off the top. We have a load of trailer and movie releases for our headline news. So who wants to lead off with this Netflix classic? Uh, Dibs. Uh, Dibs? Okay, Jamie's got dibs. (laughs) Go for it, bud. Okay, so we got, if you remember, I think it was around Christmas of last year. They gave us that little, they called it a trailer. It wasn't a trailer. It was, you know, David Harbour in the cold, you know, (laughs) hypothetically in Russia. I think they filmed that in five minutes, just have something like, you know, to keep us from losing our minds. But uh, but we finally got a real Stranger Things 4 full-on trailer. Um, the Creel House trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting. Number one, my first reaction was, these kids are getting old fast. We better wrap this up. <laughs> we better wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, you know what, that, with the old trailer you're talking about, I guess they had to make use of David Harbour while he was in Russia filming Black Widow. <laughs> Right, exactly. You know, while he had the, you know, the thing going on. Although he was a lot slimmer in that trailer than he was in the Black Widow movie. But yeah, but I, you know, that that was kind of a thing I was wondering too. You know, uh, with these kids aging, it's been a couple of years since season three. I, now, guys, I was a huge and and still am huge fan of Stranger Things, but is it still going to have the same impact? Is what I'm wondering about. I, I will in, will in my house. I am, I mean, <laughs> I'm so excited. And, and also, I, you know, I'm extremely bald. Um, I'm not even going to play around. Man, Lucas <laughs> is rocking some truly excellent hair. I am so jealous. Yeah. He's got the high top. Yeah, he's oh, got the, yeah. He's got oh, the high yeah. top fade going on. Yeah. He's got the kid. Got the kid, kid I was going to say he's got the kid. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go there. I was like, I paused and think I tried to start doing the math in my head. Like, when did kid and play start? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, we progressed that far in the 80s. You know what yeah. I think is really interesting here is is this Creel House angle, you know, because it really does fit with the trends of this series. You know, the you know, every suburban based movie has that spooky old house, you know, where all the hilarity and hijinks will ensue. So um, but I wonder how it's going to tie in. And, and like you said, we got that little bit of hopper. But now we've got him still kind of floating out there. So could our second trailer be more Hopper-centric? And, too, like, when I first watched the trailer, I was thinking, this is a haunted house thing. Are we not doing upside-down mm-hmm. stuff anymore? Like, I'm like, I was, I was kind of like, that could be interesting. And then we get, like, a split second at the end of upside-down stuff. Yes, you get that clock, and yeah. then you get the upside-down kind of looks like ash or whatnot that's always floating in the air. So, yeah, yeah. I, I saw someone had posted online, you know, talking about like they're throwing out some time travel vibes. I mean, are, are, are we getting flashbacks or actual time travel with mm-hmm. this thing? You know, and, and the, the interesting thing is, you know, is our group is split. 
you know, you have Will and L um, and Will's brother. Michael, I think. No, Will's, Mike is... No, Mike's, uh, yeah, Mike's Finn, Wolford, yeah. But anyway, so you got, you've got, uh, you know, Joyce and Will and L, you know, in, a, in another location doing something else. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, I, I think it's Charlie Heaton's character, but I can think of the name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you've got them somewhere else, and then you have Lucas, Dustin, and Steve, and Max, of course, love her. She's hanging around, you know, doing doing the uh, the Ghostbusters thing as you see the the tag on the backpack, mm-hmm. you know, doing, doing the Ghostbusters thing, investigating this house, you know, and, and how are they going to tie those threads of you know them in a different town, you know, Hopper in Russian prison. And you know whatever's happening here at this at this you know haunted location. But no Mike. I noticed there was no Mike in the trailer. Yes, we had both he's of the party, actually but no ghost, but he's actually ghost busting. Remember, so so Mike is actually ghost busting in in Afterlife. So oh, he's he's trying to figure out how to stay young with Paul Rudd so he can tell the other guys, yeah. so they can make more Stranger Things. <laughs> but you know what? I think what what you better hurry. What's cool about what you just said, Dwayne, is if you think about it, Stranger Things has really been known for those kind of loose threads that eventually come together at the end. So mm. when you've got the kids separated, Hopper behind the Iron Curtain, how will all of that eventually tie together? So I think that could be quite interesting. And we still have Elle Without Powers. Yeah. 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 And the neighbor and, and the entire neighborhood wondering why Steve keeps hanging around with all these kids. Uh, there's bound to be gossip by this point. Because Steve yeah. is still hanging around with all these kids. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. And yeah, this this was a, a time of some panic and uh, you know, uh, manic things going on there. But it's it's really interesting because they're they're showing us another gate potentially with this house into the upside down, you know, into this realm, you know, and what uh, the 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 power plant opening that, you know, repercussions has had to this town, but they're bringing us back. You know, has it always been a nexus? Has this town always been a nexus? Yeah. I know. I, I guess we'll have to see guys. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, there's a, a, another thing that's taken us back to the past in its trailer. Right. And that is the many saints of Newark, a Sopranos prequel. What are we thinking about this, Fias? Well, you know, this is a mafia prequel. I love some mafia stuff. I guess they made them an offer they couldn't refuse. <laughs> yeah, what we're getting out here is this is a Sopranos prequel. And I just, I just want to warn them. Like, you know, we've all seen Serenity, right? TV shows that transfer from the TV realm to movies, even if they're good, don't succeed. Because the, te- the television audience is a smaller audience than you need for a movie to be successful. Sopranos is one of the most famous TV shows of all time. It appeared on Hobo Max. Uh, not a huge, not, not, you know, not massive viewers as an NBC viewers, as a Netflix viewers. Why make a movie? Why not make a, a, a we'll make another Sopranos like prequel TV series? Yeah, well, that's that's one thing. Now, this was one of the things that established, uh, you know, HBO as a, a a company that could make a series. Yeah. You know, 
uh, until then they'd just been recycling movies on their on their service. And this was kind of established, and it was a big hit. I remember it being a huge hit in the day. But you know, you're asking people, and this is years removed. You're asking people to revisit characters that they've already put to bed. You're asking a whole other generation to uh, get invested in characters they have no history with. You know, um, how did Tony get where he was? You know, how did how did all these connections happen? Well, you know, if you don't know this series, you really aren't going to care for that. I was I was kind of like you, Jim. I was kind of looking at it like, well, is this something that I really want to get into? I was talking to a friend at work, and he's like, oh, yeah, my my, my my kids who are grown now and moved away working at, at you know, two, three hours away are coming home to watch that this weekend when it premieres. And we're all going to pile up around the big screen in the living room because it's doing the, the dual theater and streaming release right. and, and watch this thing, you know, so we know there's at least going to be five or six people watching. Is So, so I found it interesting though, that, this is the origin of how the mob boss becomes the mob boss. I thought that was Godfather part two, right? I mean, wh- now does it, it go back that far or is it just bringing us up to Tony? You know, is it this, this is Tony Soprano. This is how did Tony Soprano become Tony Soprano? Yeah. So this is teenage Tony from what I've picked up. Yeah, because I think I think he's a high school senior. Cause he's talking about trying to get mm-hmm. accepted into college in the trailer, and so yeah, what, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, so, I don't know. I just it's it's weird. I just think there's like a, it's a it's a weird dynamic. To, I mean, do we even think this breaks the top five for opening weekend box office? No. I mean, because it, it's not it's not just all the other things it's got going against it. It's also doing the dual release. How many Correct. people who watched The Sopranos on HBO are just going to continue watching The Sopranos on HBO? On HBO. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, we've seen with, with you know, other studios' numbers how that dual release affects things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, and it's affected everything. It's yeah. affected the Suicide Squad. We know it affected Black Widow. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens with the Mini Saints of Newark. All right, uh, moving on to another weird item on the list. Um, I accidentally found something the other day um, called Finch. It just snuck up on me. I was just, I was, you know, as I do, I was playing on IMDb, and I was flicking across that, that top spinner thing where you get different trailers. I was just flipping through there, and there was something called Finch, and I saw Tom Hanks looking all castaway again. And I was like, what is this? How have I never heard of this? And so I just, I, you know, I touched on it so that it would take up the screen and start the sound. And it looks amazing. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not Hawkeye excitement, but it's in the ballpark. I mean, I was really blown away by the trailer. The, the robot, I mean, it's got a dog. I mean, come on, you got a cute dog. And I mean, you got me. It's like, it's like Wilson, but cuter. Um, like, yeah, I mean. I'm I'm ready, and it's going to be on Apple TV Plus. If you've already got a subscription, if you bought an Apple device in the last year, you've got free access. It's true. Yeah, I think it looks interesting. What y'all think? Yeah, I guess this is where Tom Hanks has uh, been hiding out since uh, his Mister Rogers escapade. uh, You know, making this thing and is kind of under the radar. Just kind of popped up out of nowhere, didn't it? And it does. It looks really interesting. Looks really, uh, really neat. Uh, The the post-apocalyptic. 
Tom Hanks era, like I said, digging digging the Castaway vibe. Yeah, it's supposed to be the Castaway. Yeah, and, and he just had to take quarantine hair and and stuff and just <laughs> and just go from there, right? I mean, he was already halfway there. I mean, he had the Rona. I mean, he might as well just go ahead and grow it and just get ready for this role. So, I mean, so is this on. is this Castaway Chappie? <laughs> <laughs> well, think about this though. Post-apocalyptic Earth, artificial intelligence, and Tom Hanks. Those three things don't feel like they would fit well. But when you watch this trailer, I have a really sneaky suspicion this movie's going to have some heart to it. Yeah. Uh, Hanks has that charisma, uh, that likability that I think he can bring to this. Who would have thought the guy from Bosom Buddies would be this good an actor? That was going to be where I was going to go. Oh, let's miss somebody's <laughs> soundtrack, you know. Well, I was even thinking Joe versus the volcano, but you know. I love <laughs> Joe versus the volcano, and when we do Tom Hanks month, I will. That will be my selection: Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> I like what anybody says. I love that movie. <laughs> that was, I remember it being a thing. But uh, now, um, I I do I do want to say um, I checked the uh, parental advisory on it because it looked like a cute movie, but there was that little scene where it talks about the humans that are left, and so I'm just going to give this is a warning for the listeners. Um, the only warning it has is extreme violence, yeah. and if you just mm. watch the trailer and don't look at the parental advisory on the bottom of the IMDb page, you won't guess that. So I'm guessing there's some real dark stuff that happens toward the end of the movie. Is my is yeah. my is my assumption. So just maybe watch it first without your kids. So I, I don't know what that's about, but that is the warning it has. So just a just a heads up. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't get that vibe from the trailer. It's just him playing with his cute dog and his cute robot. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused by the parental advisory. Well, up next is something I definitely have to hand off to Sammy. Sammy, take it away. All right, guys. Um, I'm a very happy nerd because we got our first look at Netflix's Sandman, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, probably my favorite comic book series of all time. Um, and I will admit there's the excitement and there's some trepidation because I love it so much. I'm so scared they're going to mess up something. Because they've got questions. It's on Netflix, not Hobo Max. That's weird. All right. Maybe this was one of those pre-HBO Max, we kind of like Spider-Man with Sony deal that, you know, we already had this inked, so it's going on Netflix kind of deal. Because that brings into question how much DC stuff can they bring into this? You know, part of what makes this this book wonderful is characters like Cain and Abel and Merv Pumpkinhead and Matthew the Raven and Lucian the Librarian. Can we have those in this series? I don't know. Well, with this being a Neil Gaiman property, even though it was distributed by DC, I mean, how much ownership, you know, and uh, sovereignty does he have with it to do what he wants? You know, I wonder how that deal because I know he's a pretty prolific, uh, well-respected mm-hmm. creator. 
It was a Vertigo book. I don't I don't know the the Paul the, the ownership rights for Vertigo. I don't I don't know how that works. Oh, is it Vertigo? Okay. I thought Well, Vertigo Vertigo is a DC imprint. DC. It's okay. Still yeah. a DC, okay. but okay, so it's still but you you can do stuff there that you don't do with DCs. Uh, there there might right. be there might be creative uh, ownership from for the you know the creators. I, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Or Vertigo may stand alone as its own thing. Um, you know, as far as the the contract with with Warner goes. Mm-mm. I wonder. But like I said, this may have been one of those deals that was inked beforehand, and uh, Netflix wasn't going to back down from it, you know, because I do think this is going to be good, um, at least from what we saw, because there are lines directly lifted from issue one. Mm. Uh, all the stuff about this coin from a rock, this feather from an angel's wings, all of that stuff is directly from the panels themselves. Yeah, I love those reveals how they're how they're introducing each character to you, mm-hmm. and the little things and and the voices are like so and so as you know I've been seeing them on my social media streams popping up you know. Yeah, about I was it, about a year ago you got us to read uh, the first volume of Sandman on on graphically novel. It did. Um, maybe this will be better than the book. I don't know. I didn't care for it. <laughs> See, don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge <laughs> Sam Keith fan in terms of art, okay? Yeah. But, but it worked for that story for me. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I'm I'm pulling your leg a little about it. I didn't completely hate it, but I know I know. It wasn't my favorite thing ever. But I, yeah. just from the from what little I read of the series, it does look like they've got the vibe and feel of it right in the trailer. And so, and they, I think, and I think the guy they cast to be Dream. Looks very much like him. He's got the right emo sort of a uh, cure look to him. So right, yeah. Well, you know, it's what's also interesting though is you know with this being on Netflix, and Netflix I believe has the rights to Lucifer now, and Lucifer first appeared in Sandman. Oh, could well, we have a shared universe idea coming in play? Uh, probably not, because the only, my only other comment I had was I read the cast list. Uh, on IMDb because I spend way too much time on IMDb. Um, but they've got a, a Gwendolyn Christie is cast as Lucifer. Okay. The Sandman TV show. So I, well, I don't think okay. that's going to be. Yeah. I, but, but I love the fact that they can at least use Lucifer. Yeah. Because see, you've also got later on in that series, you've got the dead boy detectives that are introduced in issue 25. Well, HBO Max just did a backdoor pilot for uh, dead boy detectives in Doom Patrol season three, so they're looking to do some Dead Boy Detectives. Canyon and Abel are on the cast list. Oh yes, I what can't the, wait. What was the other name you wanted to hear? I'm I'm scrolling. Uh, Matthew Murph the Raven. I'm, I'm, I'm Matthew Murph the Raven Pumpkinhead. is on here. Okay. Pat Patton Oswalt is, is Matthew the Raven. Awesome, awesome. Murph Pumpkinhead. Uh, I'm not seeing a Murph. I'm still Lucian. scrolling. This thing is gigantic. Yes. Uh, I don't theory. see a Murph. Yeah. There's a Lucy and there's a Calliope. Okay. There's all the others. A Desire and a couple of the other siblings. A Despair. Yeah. Um, Unity Kincaid. A Death. Somebody okay. called the Corinthian. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So all those are coming straight from the books, at least. So at that, least they. Are you more? Are you more hopeful now? I am. I'm much okay. more hopeful. So. Well, you know. Just said since we are talking about the Sandman, you know his name is Morpheus, so they've cast their Morpheus. But I think Matrix has 
recast their Morpheus, haven't they, Jamie? <laughs> yes, uh, one of many interesting decisions they have recast Morpheus. <laughs> that okay, number one, the trailer the trailer does look good. Uh, it is an interesting trailer. It, it looks like the Matrix. Um, but I have so many questions. <laughs> okay, so they're back in the Matrix, right? They're clearly plugged back in. There's the green falling whatevers. Okay, so Keanu and Carrie and Moss are both the age they are in the real world right now, right? Yeah. They recast a young Morpheus. <laughs> he looks like he's younger than Lawrence Fishburne and made the original Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 listeners, we've transitioned to the Matrix Resolutions or Resurrections trailer. So. I'm sorry, I, I skipped I skip to my confusion. My bad. I, I knew Jamie would go for that, so I had to go for the more <laughs> Sorry, sorry, my, my my segue was a trigger. Sorry. Well, well I, I think already, we did already... some resolutions for these answers we have about the resurrections. Yes. I'm, exactly. I'm very, I'm very confused. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was a, a, a phenomenal rollout because you had these mini teasers like coming in two days, in one day, you know, in like 12 hours, you know, whatever. And then you had the, the release of the trailer and everyone's like, and, you know, because you have Keanu, like you said, at the age he is now. You have Karim also. And we had such a, a wrap up, you know, with the, with the Matrix trilogy. And then you know, and even the Animatrix uh, uh, accompanying uh, cartoon series, you know, on the disc that really fully told that story. And now, you know, is is this you know cyclic time? Is it reincarnation? You know, is it resurrection? What are we looking at here? Yeah, because I mean, just because it says resurrections in the subtitle, that doesn't mean what it, I mean, it could mean something else entirely. I mean, we, mm. we can't directly draw a straight line from that to what the movie's about. Um, but, yeah, I just I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I got thinking, you know, so Trinity and Neo are alive. Morpheus is recast. We don't have Agent Smith. Uh, we have agents, but so far we haven't seen Agent Smith. No, Smith right. So is this like a Matrix 2.0? Yeah. And it seems like, you know, that Neo and... Uh, Trinity are not familiar with each other. You know, it seems like, you know, they, they, they have an encounter mm-hmm. and there's, you know, a, a deja vu spark kind of. Yep. And, and, and there's all kind of this weird ancillary stuff around that that's happening. So, uh, you know, did, did the matrix get restarted somehow? Did someone, you know, perform an update and, and, and reboot the system See, but there's there's mixed things in the in the trailer because if you watch, there's one scene where one of the like Nebuchadnezzar looking ships is going through the old stacks, right. and they're rotten and broken looking. Yeah, and they're all messed but, up. So but then later how... on, we see them unplugging Trinity from one of the pods. Exactly. So like, okay, which is it? I'm, yeah. I'm, it's yeah. So did they have it? Is there an was there another human enclave? You know, somewhere you know aside from Zion, in another country, another part of the world, or something. Yeah, that you have, you know, um, I guess, you know, you have the code. You're, you're talking about like the green falling numbers and symbols. You, know, you have the code they're happening. You know, is is the code repeating itself uh, just in a slightly different order? Is, is it, uh, you know, duplicates of, of I guess, you know, as they call ghosts in the machine or whatever? 
right, Sammy, you haven't said much. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We, we, oh, no, no, me, no, no. Me and Dwayne get excited talking about the Matrix. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, remember, we are contractually obligated to discuss Keanu Reeves' project anytime <laughs> they show up. I mean, come on. I mean, we, we have a segment devoted to the man. So, I mean, you, you all designed the show. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I guess my biggest thing, I think it looks interesting – Neil Patrick Harris as the the psychologist is kind of an interesting casting. I think that'll be kind of cool. Um, I guess my biggest thing is we're almost a generation of moviegoers from the original trilogy. True. And I've approached some some students in, in my university class with some movies that I think are classics and they are completely lost. I don't know if I had maybe one person in a class of 20 that had seen The Matrix. Hmm. Uh, they called Back to the Future just that time travel movie. Yeah. Okay, so I just, I wonder, and, and I love the fact that that they're bringing this back and, and maybe get, you know, we, I, I said resolutions. Maybe that was a Freudian slip. Maybe we'll get a resolution to uh, what all this means when we get to see the movie. But I just, I wonder what is, we know because we were there. You know, we yeah. know what bullet time is. We know, know what wire foo is. We know all of the, the technological advancements and the way that these movies pushed movie making you know we got to see it firsthand will it still hit like i said almost a generation later Ooh, Dwayne has an idea sir sir may i uh, now now i have to get in my contractual obligations you know much like uh the matrix you know how it was a classic you're talking about us being almost yeah and i just it hit me wow we're like two years from being a, a full generation removed mm-hmm. uh but you know, just like the innovations with the bullet time, the the wire foo that that the Matrix done, we're looking at a time like people look back at the original Star Wars '77. You know, it was so phenomenal and groundbreaking. Then every other movie has taken from that, and it's just commonplace now. The the bullet yeah. time, the wire foo, all those gymnastic things. You know, it's in every other movie now. Right. It's not so cool and innovative. And, and you know, it's just them being so far removed. Does anybody really care anymore about these characters, about this story? Um, I mean, and, and I know, you know, us looking back at it nostalgically and the things <laughs> was, it's, uh, yeah, d- does anybody really care? Jamie cares. I care. 100%. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I care, but, you know, how many of our, you know, even our fellow generation and you know like you're talking about you know this new generations of moviegoers mm-hmm. you know, mo- moviegoers what 16 to to 32 35 you know they've that's that's right in that window they've missed it yeah mm-hmm. well yep. I, I know i mean it, not, nothing will be what star wars was in 1977 yeah but for i mean i was i think 18 uh, when this came out uh, I think maybe it just turned 19. I mean, this was a sensation to 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 my peers at the time. Um, oh, yeah. We went. I mean, we went to multiple showings of it. We had the. I got the DVD that had the little clamshell thing where you would like snap it open. Yep. We watched it constantly. We had a ritual. We would play the hotel lobby fight scene before we would go to take tests every day in college. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. th- I mean this this movie is to 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 an era. 
of moviegoers. I mean, this movie has is, is got a special place. The, the original mm-hmm. does. Yeah, well, yep. I think I was 20, 23, 24 when this came out. And I'm, yep. you know, and, and this was like nothing I had ever seen before. Yeah. You know, when 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 the time freezes and dilates and then starts moving around, you know, this this scene, you know, and you're like, whoa, what is happening? And then these guys are doing this gymnastics, you know, that they're going to destroy this lobby, you know, that, you know, that was so mind boggling, you know, the, 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 the premise of being plugged into, you know, the, the World Wide Web when the World Wide Web was still kind of new, you know, to, to a lot of us. Yeah. No. And the last comment I wanted to make on this was I thought the look of the trailer was interesting because the in the original movies, and this is true of the, the sequels, they tinkered a little bit in the sequels, but there's always this stark look to everything. And the colors are always muted. But the trailer, everything was super bright and crisp, and the colors were just popping and super bright everywhere. It's They just had a very different look than the previous. It, it looked more like the Animatrix than it did mm-hmm. the yeah. previous it, it was movies. It was almost uh, oversaturated. Yeah. Uh, in in the scenes where you see them, I guess, you know, in the in the in the Matrix, and I guess what what we would consider the real world, you know, going to the coffee shop, everything looks like almost oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it's, it's just a, such a radically different look. What, what I found interesting is they let Keanu keep the beard, even though Neon, <laughs> Neo didn't have a beard because they learned from Bill and Ted, Keanu without a beard just looks weird. So keep That's the true. beard. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it's like John Wick is in the Matrix in some ways. So, oh, we'll say, or, or would Ted have been a little bit too John Wick for his... Uh, <laughs> goofiness <laughs> well that that's the variant timeline for bill and ted <laughs> if ted goes to military school he becomes john wick <laughs> well we've done a prequel before and then we went to a sequel let's go back to prequel land to maybe the strangest thing on, on our entire show schedule um army of thieves is coming out um it's a prequel already to army of the dead um, seems a little fast. Which was released five minutes ago. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe eight minutes ago by now. But yeah. And and that's another one. Does anyone even care? You know, has this movie uh, sunk itself into our culture enough to really warrant this? Which I mean, Army there was a was a big thing for like a hot minute. But I mean, nobody's talking about it anymore. I, I don't think it has a big footprint. The weird thing with this is. Army of the Dead was a zombie movie. This is a host movie. That it just it doesn't even feel like have well, the same feel. It's weird. Okay, now I I did you read the um, synopsis or just watch the trailer? Well, I watched the trailer. I know it's ha- this this movie takes place during the initial outbreak. Yes. Okay. I think that's supposed to be the connection. That um, like these are both because I mean Army of the Army of the Dead. I didn't watch it, but I mean the, my understanding is it, it it's a heist movie as well, and so I think these the only <laughs> only connection I can tell these are both you know fevery movies set during zombie stuff. So you have uh, a heist movie at the beginning and the end of the zombie apocalypse <laughs> in Las Vegas specifically. And the only real touch touch point touching point is Dieter. 
the German genius safecracker is really the character that that's that's connecting. And the thing is, he was one of the funniest characters in Army of the Dead. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess Zack Snyder was like, I think audiences will like you. I'm going to put you in this one. <laughs> so. I mean, it's so fast. I mean, I, I don't. They didn't sit on Army of the Dead through the whole pandemic. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was done before COVID started. So I mean, they they had to almost film these at the same time, didn't they? It had to be very close. Well, remember we we talked about how there were scenes they had to refilm during COVID, and that's why those scenes looked different and looked a little weird. Yeah, well, and you also had uh, one whole character erased and replaced. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Now, really. now this isn't so. Not only is it not it's not starring Dave Bautista, who was of course the star of um, Army of the it's not directed by Zack Snyder either. He's just the producer. Yeah. Well, it's directed by Dieter. I mean. It is, isn't it? I didn't connect those. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, of course you want to make a movie about yourself. Sure. Well, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Which, I mean, I mean, I forget. How, how, how long was the movie deal that Netflix made with Zack Snyder? How many movies was that supposed to be? Mm-hmm. I bet this counts toward it. Most likely, because yeah, I guarantee uh, this will be part of his production cup co- through his production cup. Co- it would have to be uh, to, yeah, to yeah. use that same premise that he had established. I wonder if it's a movie that exists just to satisfy the quota. <laughs> 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 you get five movies. This is one of them. Interesting. <laughs> uh, OK, so. Um, OK, now we're going to live action remakes. <laughs> this is a, this is a weird uh, set of news. So, uh, Cowboy Bebop is a beloved anime that I've never seen, <laughs> but it is very famous. I've very much heard of it, and they have done a live action remake that I believe is going to be on Netflix. That's right. Yes. Right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And um, this is basically the, the. I think I think it was Dwayne that joked in the, in the pre-show. Like this is. <laughs> The nerd news is sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> yeah, your headline or headline news is sponsored by Netflix. I forget who made that joke. I'm sorry if I'm giving the wrong person the right grade. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen the because I haven't seen the original. I don't know the 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 deal. I don't know if, I don't know how faithful it looks. Looks like it's going to be. That was a pretty exciting little set of uh, opening credits and scene or a little bit of scene, whatever it was. It's really interesting looking and it's really beautiful and stylistic like you know like what <clears throat> snippets i've seen of the cartoon you know just just kind of in advertisements or you know commercials there but yeah it looks really really fun like they're taking a almost like a speed racer meets kill bill uh kind of a vibe to it you know what does that speed was, racer vibe? yeah yeah definitely um First of all, it's John Cho. I'm always happy when John Cho gets work. Um, he's not going to be Sulu again, so we might as well put him into another iconic pop culture character. Let's go with this. Uh, you know, similar to what Jamie said, I've not really watched Cowboy Bebop. I believe, was it one of the early animes brought in onto Cartoon Network's Toonami at one point? Was it, was it Toonami or Adult Swim? Yeah, it was. It, it was, was one of those. Yes. Um, you know, and, and at that point I wasn't paying close attention, but this opening, I got real sixties influence. You know, you were talking about speed racer. I mean, 
it's like Mod Squad and the Avengers and Man from Uncle and mm-hmm. Bond kind of rolled into an opening credit scene. And I thought that was kind of neat. I also kind of got a little bit of a Scott Pilgrim vibe. You know, you're talking about the, the speed racer. Uh, I got a little Scott Pilgrim also with the way that the characters are a little over the top looking, real colorful. So <laughs> we're scaring Netflix right now. Everything we're describing was a box office flop. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if we take the best things from each of those, and, and you know, this gonna it's gonna make this interesting, which which it really is something that's definitely gonna be on my watch list when it comes out. Well, you know, Netflix did take the best thing from another one of their movies and decided to do a sequel, and that was Chris Hemsworth. Because they're doing a sequel to Extraction. Yeah, I didn't see the first one either. But, uh... <laughs> see, see, I've always intended to. Like, I wanted to watch it. I mean, it feels like an old-school 80s action movie. It gives off that vibe real strong. Except, uh, there's like 47 streaming services. They've all got, you know, 14 TV shows and 37 movies I want to watch. I just can't get to everything. Yep. <laughs> They've already made a sequel before I got to the first one. Right. The, and the cool thing with this, you know, both of these are, are Joe Russo joints. I mean, they are, you know, they're, they're Russo. I mean, so, I mean, we know he can do some good stuff. Um, when I watched the trailer, I agree with you. This is just like, like cool 80s action character. You know, uh, Tyler Rake. I mean, even hashtag Rake lives. You know, I mean, it's like, come on, man. This just like brings me in automatically. I'm going to eventually have to watch that movie just simply because. I mean, I want to see why Rake's living, even though the trailer showed it. We'll have to do a Hemsworth month. <laughs> yes. We can watch the Extraction movie. We can watch Ghostbusters. True. Thor the Dark World. <laughs> I think I'd rather rewatch Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, guys. I, th- I think we're done with the headline news. Can we go to the rewind? Let's do it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off, and then Sammy has the actual information we're sp- <laughs> we need for this. So um, I, I I put this on the list because I was interested in what has happened with the Shang Chi box office because several movies that have been released since. Um, COVID hit hit our world and tried really hard to destroy it. Um, there's been several good opening weekends. I mean, Black Widow had a solid opening weekend. Uh, Quiet Place 2 had a solid opening weekend. I mean, s- several movies have had, I mean, more have had okay opening weekends, but nothing has held to the second weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Shang-Chi's the first that's had any kind of hold. Most movies have dropped like 70% from opening weekend. Um I mean, all of them are dropping at least 60%, which was a disaster pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So everything has been dropping at least 60%. And Shang-Chi didn't. I think it was like a 40% drop to the second weekend. And I mm-hmm. think a 53% drop to the second to the third weekend. So, I mean, though, that's a, that would have been a solid, you know, hold, you know, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So my, what I was wondering, and Sammy has the actual numbers because I didn't bother to look them up. Um, is this a Marvel thing? I mean, is it, is it going to be like if Marvel? If, I mean, Black Widow's different because they stuck it on D- Disney Plus as well, so they they lost some box office there. Right. And the and the Marvel nerds that rewatch movies just got it on Disney Plus and rewatched it at home instead of going back to the theater. 
so is this a Marvel thing only? Is 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 Marvel gonna be the only thing until we're well past COVID that's gonna be able to hold at the box office? Or is this the first sign that theaters are starting to bounce back? Well, that's kind of where this number comes in because Shang-Chi, Song-Chi, whatever it is, we're, we're still going back and forth on that. <laughs> I went um, back. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> that's okay. If we just keep going back and forth on, on how to pronounce it. Um, is actually the first movie to reach $200 million in what they consider the pandemic era. Oh. So as of today, as of recording this, uh, that was the 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 number. So the first, the last time I looked, it was at 196 million uh, domestic gross, and that surpassed Black Widow that got to 183. So it has oh. now reached 200 million, and it is the first movie in pretty much two years, pretty yeah. close to it, that has reached 200 million. And think about that would be a drop in the bucket. For most yeah. of these movies, pre-COVID, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people were hanging their hopes on Tenet, you know, uh, in in the early stages of this pandemic, and it really, you know, underperformed um, theater-wide. But uh, a lot of people were also hanging their hats coming out of this on, you know, what is James Bond: No Time to Die or even Dune. You know, that seems to be the 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 ones that I keep hearing about. You know, people waiting to see. Okay, are those the big movies that are going to make it? But then you have Shang-Chi here who has just taken this and ran with it. So I think it's a really good sign that that we're bouncing back even earlier. And, you know, the nerds are getting some love. Yeah. And what I do love is, you know, this is the first movie to make it. I think really the the, the barometer is going to be those next ones. It's going to be Dune and Bond and those movies. Can they do the same thing? Or like Jamie said, maybe this is just a Marvel thing. Speaking of Marvel things, um, next up on our list is we're going to take a moment to reflect back on What If. It's nearing its uh, first season finale. And um, guys, what are you thinking? Is it? Do you think it's, does it have a, a niche it's going to fill? I mean, is it is it going to be beloved or is it going to be a footnote? I mean, what what are we thinking? I'm going to jump in and say, I think it's exactly doing what they're intending it to do. It's taking the premise of the multiverse uh, established in Loki, and it's making it accessible uh, and showing the range of what it can do uh, for future movies. Uh, I really look for the next couple phases of Marvel films really to have very loose or tenuous connections dealing with their this multiverse situation they're having you know this this broadness of storytelling you know maybe even gender flipping uh, or good guy bad guy flipping some characters as we've seen in the what if comics in the past uh, but i think uh, you know the, it's beautifully animated well-acted, well-told stories that that is really expanding this multiverse concept that they've brought out Okay, man, I go go ahead, Jamie. Well, my only concern is I I was more more okay with this when it was going to be a one season type deal. Um, because I mean the what if comics were based on you know thirty to forty years of storylines mm-hmm. with lot with lots of time to build up big events 
and lots of opportunities to find, okay, that was a hinge point. That would be a fun thing to play with. Um, the MCU's in movie time has been around a while, but there's still only, I mean, big picture, a handful of storylines, right? Mm-hmm. So how how long are we going to go before, you know, what if, you know, <laughs> Thanos forgot to clip his toenails? You know, what, how would that have... I mean, I mean, we're going to be reaching. If we're doing a whole a whole second and third season of these things, how how minuscule are these what ifs going to have to be? And so I'm I'm worried about like how how narrow and small these things are going to have to get. You know, here here's my thing, and, and it, I can't believe I'm the one that's that that's going in this direction. I've watched all of What If through the eighth episode that that released. Okay. I truly feel this is the weakest of the MCU Disney Plus releases for me personally. Uh, There's some good things about it. The fact that there are so many actors that they brought back to get to do voice work. The fact that we still have Chadwick Boseman, at least his voice, still voicing T'Challa is is amazing. You know, there's some holes. Obviously, RDJ is not back. ScarJo is not back. For some reason, they wouldn't pony up for Spader, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. He's just sitting on the set of the blacklist. I mean, face it. Uh, but I guess my I guess my point is that there have been some episodes that parts of it I've enjoyed. But I've struggled with this one. I think the show in, in general has been a downer. I mean, I know, Jamie, you've not watched a lo- any of it, so I don't want really to say a whole lot. But I just felt like I was well, bummed out. At the by the end of most of these episodes. Well, I'm with you. That's why I haven't watched more of the show. No. Yeah, and and I, you know I wasn't trying to imply that it was you know. Oh I, no. I, 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 I very much enjoyed you know Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision more than this. It it, it kind of got dark for animation for me. You know, in in a, in a couple places with some of you know what what if everyone um, I forget even who the character was. What if everyone died? You know, uh, the the zombie. I don't know the zombie storyline was a big hit, but, you know, it was kind of like, okay, you know, it's kind of back to back to back. You know, you have these couple things, and it's really dark there for for a, a spell. And and the thing is, everybody, like, throws off on that first episode with Captain Carter. I thought that was that's the most my, fun. That's my favorite episode. But I've got a super soft spot for First Avenger. That is one of my favorite MCU films. So mm-hmm. Captain Carter was wonderful for me though everybody else is like ah it's a retread you know kind of deal um see, see i watched the first one i thought oh this is gonna be i i, I got, i'll tell you I'll, here are all my cards i didn't want this to happen and i was super nervous about it <laughs> and i watched the first one I thought, hey this isn't so bad i mean it's not great but it's not too bad i watched the second one and i thought it was a disaster um i i, I think i think it's a travesty that that's Chadwick Boseman's last performance is that yeah. train wreck of a show, but I, I I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was a mess, and I looked at like the, the synopsis for the third one. And I was like, mm, I'll get to these someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that we are getting nearing the finale, I see what they're doing, the way they they're setting this up. But it's just like I said, it's been it's been quite dark, and I think well, the MCU is known. Not because it's this dark. That's DCEU te- territory, not MCU. <laughs> Was Zack you know, Snyder consulting on what if? You gotta wonder. <laughs> 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 I, 
Uh, I mean, I'll get to it eventually. It's like me hate reading Tony Seacoast's Captain America run. It still says Marvel on the what if. I'll eventually wash them. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about another uh, another view of another universe, uh, Star Wars has brought us Visions, a collection of anime Star Wars stories from award-winning anime uh, creators uh, is is the tagline for this show. Uh, they've also come out and had to do the release that this is not canon. <laughs> and if 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 you've got half a brain and watch it, you could tell it's not canon. But uh, you know, it's it sort of takes this multiverse or this tall tales uh, situation that almost like you know the Guinea Tartakovsky a Clone Wars was you know this these extraordinary things that happen kind of Star Wars adjacent. Uh, you 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 have Jedi, you have Sith. You have the Force. You've got Star Destroyers. You've got twins who are Force users. You've got different things happening. And, guys, I'm going to tell you, this is a ton of fun, and it is absolutely beautiful. I think this is probably the most Star Wars we've gotten since the opening uh, fanfare of Episode 7. It really, it really takes the heart, the the soul, the 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 epic storytelling and the visualizations. I think that George Lucas uh, would be completely on board with this. I would love to hear his take on these. Yeah, I, I, I'm there. Uh, I've still got two more to watch to finish uh, completely. Mm-hmm. But and and don't get me wrong, every episode didn't knock my socks off. Okay, it really yeah. didn't. But I appreciated the artistic vision. I love the way that they use the anime style. I mean, within this, and there are some heartwarming stories in this. Yeah. You know, we get anything, everything from traditional Ronin kind of samurai stories through even echoes of Astro Boy. Uh, TLB one. Yeah, TLB one. I mean, oh. honestly, I mean, there's an episode called Tatooine Rhapsody. I mean, honestly. <laughs> no, he's just a poor boy. Nobody loves him. That's right. From Tatooine. From a poor family. From a poor family on Tatooine. <laughs> I'm just a moisture farmer from a poor family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but the, but the stylistic thing, uh, you know, it's it's. The storytelling is fun. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's great. Sometimes it's not. But it's really just a stylistic, uh, different takes you get. Yeah. Um, you have you have really stark black and white episodes. You have really colorful, uh, in depth, you know, animation. You've got you know, like really cartoony stuff. It's it's I love it. Yep. You're breaking my heart because I'm so far behind. So um, before, I before I shed actual grown man tears oh, over here, let's move on to story time. All right, gentlemen. Uh, so for Trelawney time, uh, our the last time that we did the news, I sensed. We, um, I guess, forecasted as Professor Chilani would the results of song okay. So I've got our numbers. Do you, do you have the actual number, though? Do we have the actual number? Give me a minute. 
Okay, so while I'm sharing our numbers, Dwayne will use his Google food to find the actual number. So when we forecasted this, Jamie forecasted Shang-Chi as an 83%. I went a little higher at an 89%. Dwayne, 95%. If I had to guess, I'm guessing Dwayne won this. Dwayne won this one flat out. Because actually, I do. I remember now. I do have that number, gentlemen. I've got it right here. Okay. So, Dwayne, do, do you want to, to reveal and gloat? Or do you want me to reveal and then you gloat? Well, I'm glad we're not doing prices right rules. <laughs> because, you know, the prices right here was closest without going over. I went a little oh, bit over if you're looking See, at I would, the tomato. I would win by those rules. <laughs> yeah, I'm going a little bit over if you're going by the tomato meter. So uh, the tomato meter is 92%. Yes. 92. Now, audience score is 98. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's even better there. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, I would like to thank uh, all of my supporters, um, <laughs> my, my mom and my dad for always believing in me. <laughs> I want to know who the 2% of the people who saw this wonderful movie were that, that didn't like it, the whole right. audience score. You know, and, and Jamie, as one of the of the three that have actually seen this movie, I mean, you 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 pitched it as you're keeping a 100. I mean, do you agree with the numbers that that we're seeing here? Absolutely. Um, okay. I, I I don't I don't I don't think it's in my like my top five Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but man, it is just a blast. I mean, it, ha- it has a little bit of the, you know, you know, the third act problem that a lot of Marvel movies have it becomes a CGI fest. Right. But it's but it's a it's a it's a ton of fun. Um, it's beautiful. There's some really interesting action scenes. I mean, this is some Jackie Chan stuff going on here. Um, and it's just a good movie. It's got a lot of heart to it. So yeah, I, it's, I, 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 it's the top half of the Marvel movies. So what you're cool. saying it's above Thor Dark World. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Safely. Well, guys, let's, uh, I know you referred to keeping it 100, so let's keep it Marvel uh, with our next prediction. So Eternals will be coming out before our next news episode. Anybody have? All right. Is, it, here's, is that the here's... upside down coming? <laughs> Here's the thing with Eternals for me, okay? Me, as a longtime comic reader, I am excited for this because this is truly Jack Kirby's baby. This is this was Jack Kirby written, created, drawn. So I'm excited to see what they can do with Kirby's work. But I got a feeling introducing a entire set of brand new characters to a movie going audience mm-hmm. <laughs> right now at this point. I mean, Shang-Chi did, did well, but now we're going to drop this and it's a totally different ball game. We're not talking Jackie Chan, you know, Kung Fu. We're talking huge sweeping space opera. So guys, I went with a 79% on Eternals. Okay. And you're, you're, you're introducing what? Eight new characters, at least? And so that's not going to make sense. The Black Knight is not an Eternal. He's never had any connection to the Eternals. Nope. All right, so <laughs> no. here, here, here's my thing. 
So when Guardians came out, everybody went, who's that? Um, people who have heard of the Guardians have not heard of the Eternals. <laughs> this is this this is more obscure than Shang-Chi. I mean, and, it, and it's so weird. They finally broke their own rules and cast people you've heard of before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've not been casting people with, you know, Angelina Jolie level stars before, not Salma Hayek level stars before. They're a little spooked by how obscure they're going. And so they're, you know, casting these huge stars. And so, I, and I got to admit, guys, I have tried to read Eternal stuff in the past. It's so weird and out there and just bizarre. I can't even, I, I don't even enjoy it. I can read almost anything if you put it in comic book panels. I can't read Eternal stuff. Yeah, it's I'm, like the most cosmic of the cosmic Marvel uh, stuff, isn't it? No, no, no. I like cosmic Marvel. I love cosmic Marvel. I can't read the Eternals. I mean, this is. <laughs> I, I, I've been, I've been nervous before with some of the Marvel stuff, like when they made the Inhumans TV show. I'm like, uh, who, who's gonna watch that? I mean, what's what's that gonna be like? When Ant Man came out, I'm like, <laughs> who cares about Ant Man? <laughs> Guardians. Who but me and five other nerds have heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm I'm nervous about this movie, um, mm -hmm. but it still says Marvel Studios on it, and Kevin Feige is still involved. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go seventy two. But I've never well, been more nervous for a Marvel movie. Um, I'm apparently the most the optimistic one here. I've, I've uh, eighty three percent mm. written down on a forecast here. I think uh, I think it's going to get a little bit of legs. Uh, you know, being a Marvel movie, being a it's looking like an epic. Uh, you know, group effort uh, like an Avengers type story. Uh, not being familiar with the Eternals, they've got some good actors. Not sure how the story's going to go, but I'm 83. Yeah. Here's my only thing, and I, I know we've already given our predictions. You know, when the MCU launched, Everybody thought that characters like Thor and Iron Man and Captain America were second-tier characters. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. They were considered second-tier by movie executives. Spider-Man, X-Men, those were first-tier. Now you've got Icarus, Ajax, Cersei, Theta. Um, you know... <laughs> And to help the bringing in slightly less obscure characters like the Black Knight. Yes. Dane Whitman. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, Kirby, like I said, I've read some of the Eternal stuff, some of his first Eternal stuff. Kirby was trying to create his own mythology. He did the same thing with the New Gods for when he was working at DC. I just don't know how that's going to go with Celestials on top of all this. Are we going to get? Was it a Unimind? Wasn't it the Unimind when they all joined together? And you know, I don't know. It's even. It is. I mean, it's just. It's an extremely, extremely weird corner of the Marvel universe. I st I'm still baffled they made this into a movie. Well, well, can't wait to check it out then. <laughs> yeah, should be interesting. Well, guys, tune in uh, to our next news episode uh, to find out how we score there with the with those Rotten Tomato predictions. But, guys, we're entering the spooky season. We're entering Halloween time, which means 
we've got some spooky stuff happening. Sam, I think you're responsible for what's happening next. Oh, boy. Oh, we are definitely traveling way back in the Wayback Machine for our next episode as we're really kicking off our Tricks and Treats month. Um, so, you know, there are some movies that truly have defined the zeitgeist of, of popular culture. And this movie I have for you all next week is has been the template for every movie featuring these characters since. That is 1931's Frankenstein, starring the great Boris Karloff, Colin Clive, Dwight Fry, he whose ballad was sung by the legendary Alice Cooper. All right? So... <laughs> And a lot of people don't know that. The Ballad of Dwight Fry was based on the character from these movies. So, uh, or the actor, at least, that was in these movies. So, um, this and he was in Dracula also. But, so, um, I'm interested to see our first really old movie to come to the roundtable, gentlemen. Yeah, I can't wait to get this. And, you know, these these old monster movies are such classics, and, and I know that, there's so many holes in my in my uh, viewing uh, experiences with these. Now this is available for a rental fee of two ninety nine on Amazon. I look for it to pop up free over the next uh, few days or a week at least. But uh, if you want to get current with this, uh, there is a small rental fee there, uh, three ninety nine on the Apple uh, and Redbox situation there. If you want to do that. Uh, I know they're on uh, the shelf at a lot of retailers right now. If anybody wants to watch them, and they're on my shelf. <laughs> if you haven't cut your cord, it's probably on TBS at some point. Yeah. <laughs> it being October. Yeah, Look uh, on AMC, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 probably on some of those, those classic movie stations that are on. So as we prepare for our Spooks Month, Jamie, what are we gonna do? Gonna put on our running shoes as we sprint away from the angry villagers with their torches, all the while keeping it nerdy. (laughs) 